0: What's up, you magnificent human? It's season two, episode seven of the Inside Out podcast, and I am your host, Kira McCullough. In today's episode, I have a heartfelt conversation with Claire Feely. I'm always curious to learn about people, hear their stories, and see why it is they do what they do. And this raw, honest conversation with Claire was so authentic and real that I know it's going to provide so much value to so many people who listen. Claire is a Mindset Coach, Speaker and the author of a blog that shares science-based brain hacks to optimise your mindset. Her passion is to empower people to live with more confidence, happiness and success through the power of mastering their mindset. She teaches self-awareness, emotional intelligence and goal-setting skills to remove the obstacles to growth, self-worth and happiness. Her Mindset Reset programme provides a step-by-step and long-lasting approach to transformation. Claire's understanding of brain science empowers others to realise and use the full power and potential of their mindset through a fun and enjoyable coaching experience. She has travelled to to 45 countries and has just returned home to Ireland after two and a half years of living in Abu Dhabi. She is currently writing her first mindset ebook and launching her group coaching course. This lady is absolutely unstoppable and I cannot wait for you to listen to her story.
1: Sorry, there was a delay there, Kira. Oh,
0: you're your grand. You're grand. Yeah. How are you?
1: <laughs> False start.
0: <laughs> good, thanks. Times. Good. good, good. Um, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast because uh, we're both mindset coaches. We're both yeah. uh, singing from the same hymn sheet. And just, it's lovely. I was just chatting to you earlier before we pressed record. And uh, it's just so nice to talk to people to get their different stories, but different perspectives. Um, yeah. Talk um, to me about you, what's your story. Uh, tell me about who you were before you were a mindset coach. Oh, who was I? <laughs>
1: um, before I was a mindset coach, so I suppose I first got into personal development in back in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like a lot of people, my story starts with rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2012, I just come home from Australia. We'd been living out there for the year, partying it up, having a great old time as you do. And I came back and just hit a massive, like I, was, I just became so depressed. And I ended up in the doctor's office. Like I couldn't even look at the poor doctor. I was so embarrassed. I was just like, I couldn't even get my words out. I was like, just give me something, just anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I suppose, like uh, the medication wasn't really doing anything and I decided like there has to be something else and it was kind of like a google search of you know how do you stop hating yourself and how do you stop hating your life it was kind of one of those I don't even know what I googled but it brought me to a personal development page and that was the first kind of like you know like you are in control of your life and you know thoughts and all of that and I just like I just dived into it and I went down this deep hole of personal development and kind of Tony Robbins was one of the ones that really pulled me and snapped me out of my you know I suppose like just depression and anxiety and yeah he he's brilliant he I still watch him today and read his books I love him I think he's amazing but um yeah so that's how I first got into personal development um and then I think I kind of like through personal development, I think I went from being stuck in the past mm. to then being obsessed with the future. So I went from like the two opposites. Then no. it was kind of like, yeah, goals are the answer. Goals will make me happy. You know, this is it. Like if I can just achieve X, Y, and Z, if I can just like, you know, and um, so I started doing all the like vision boards and, you know, goal setting and yearly reviews and monthly reviews and, Again, I think, like, I I, I was still too focused on the outside. Mm -hmm. I was still like, you know, if I have this and if I do this and if I achieve this. And it's kind of like building a house on foundations of sand. The house is going to sink. And that's what happened. I wasn't looking at the foundations. I wasn't dealing with what was making me depressed. I wasn't dealing with my mindset. I just... And then I suppose like over the years, as I worked on that and as I did therapy and worked through things and just realized like how much power you actually do have yeah. and how much control over your own life that you have. It just like, it's just a spiral upwards, I think, as opposed to the downward spiral. It's yeah. a spiral upwards. You're like, this is amazing. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's
0: thank you for sharing the story. Um, I'm going to take it back a small bit because, you know, the reason I suppose this whole podcast exists in the reason I've called it the Inside Out podcast is, is a synopsis of your story. It's quite often we, when we're feeling low or when we're, you know, depressed or anxious or any other feelings that are, aren't, you know, us at our best, we tend to go to the external to fix something, anything, anything that we can. Um, and there's an element of, trying to control something and um, yes. in a sense you know and I don't mean like we're, we're controlling people but I, I just mean that we're trying to control something that seems so overwhelming
1: mm-hmm.
0: so talk to me about and if you don't want to kind of go into this don't worry but talk to me about when you came home from Australia what was missing um what mm. did you discover was missing
1: um it wasn't so much what was missing it was I was trying to outrun my problems okay so 10 years before I came home from Melbourne I lost my brother in a house fire
0: so So,
1: I got out and he didn't Mm -hmm. and I think like I didn't realize how much that actually affected me I think like I adopted the kind of attitude of like I got out so I just have to be grateful I just have to live life to the max Mm -hmm. like I just I didn't realize how huge of an impact it was on like it had on me um so when I came back from Australia it was kind of like reality hit Mm -hmm. you know it was kind of like okay Claire like you can't like this is it You, you can't keep running you can't keep avoiding distracting you know like I was always booking holidays and booking trips and I always had something to look forward to. And I felt like I came back from Australia and it was in the middle of the summer and I didn't have a job. And just, I I suppose it's just when your thoughts and emotions catch up with you. Yeah. And you don't have as much on the outside to distract you. Mm. And it was kind of like, it was one of those where I just... There's a lot of times you can pull yourself out of it, I think, and you can put a face on mm-hmm. and you can pretend, you know, and wear the mask. And and I just find when I hit a depression like that, I can't like it, I can't pretend anymore. Yeah. That's kind of my rock bottom. And. Um, But I totally agree with you where we think like it's kind of, it's you know, socially conditioned into us in the capitalist society that your happiness is on the outside and that your happiness is something that you buy. It's something that you get. It's something that you reach. And it's definitely not something that you create from inside of you, because if you create it from your inside, who are we going to sell to? Do you know what I mean? Like, who are we going to? like it is it's 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 we don't even realize it's such a subconscious belief Mm. and it's that kind of like I definitely was for 10 years like just you know the hits of happiness the kind of like yeah go to Australia yeah move to Melbourne yeah you know like we were living in a house of there was about 13 of us at one stage and it was just do you know I, I think when I came home it was like Claire it's it's time to face up to things and you know you can't I, I just realized you can't keep going on like
0: this you can't like yeah it comes down me. to making that choice to choose something different mm. I think and like I would experience something similar like me at my most depressed I looked my most happiest and I looked like mm. I was living my my best life I had a car I was living in an apartment on my own uh, like if you looked at my Instagram or my Facebook, you'd be like, Jesus, like, this is, you know, I'll never forget when I shared my story first, um, I was working in my mom's coffee shop at the time and people actually came in and said, couldn't believe what I read last night because every (laughs) single day I come in here to get coffee off you, you are always in good form. You're always like, you know, happy, happy, happy. And they were just like, bowled over. Um, but, I would have always went to the external. I live on my own. That means I'm good enough. If I live on my yes. own, like, and if I buy this car, actually everybody will think I'm good enough. And maybe I'll do it myself. 20 grand in debt. And trying to pay rent while also trying to survive on my own and live on my own and drive this fancy car, keep up with loan repayments. It was a fucking nightmare. Yes. Um, all to keep up that, put that out or keep that mask on that I was okay and I was enough. Like, yeah. The extremes we go to sometimes to keep that mask on is is almost, I find it a bit scary.
1: Yes, same.
0: Yeah. Um, But it's so powerful when you realize that, you know, actually, if I start fixing myself on the inside first and, you know, being content with who I am, Mm -hmm. it's.
1: Yeah, it's so true, Kira. I think that we're so obsessed with how our lives look. Yeah. Because once it looks okay, Mm -hmm. and very similarly to you, when I eventually did, you know, the first time I was really depressed, I didn't tell a soul. I went to the doctors and I was just mortified. And I was thinking of what am I going to say if I see somebody I know, you know, I have a sore toe. Like it's, do you know what I mean? Anything but I'm depressed as a bag of fact like it's I think we're you know we focus on how our life looks and that's what I mean by you're building the house and you're picking the lovely curtains and you have a lovely car outside but mm. the foundations like how you actually feel when you're sitting in the house yeah. like we're not taught how to build a life that feels good we're taught how to build a life that looks good go to college get a good job have a good car get a partner, get a house, have kids. Like it looks good, mm. but you know, there, it's never like, how does it feel? Like I, actually happy? Do you, you know, it's, and I was the exact same as you. I, you know, got my dream job in Abu Dhabi. I was teaching over there. I was living in the most beautiful apartment. It was like a hotel. We had a rooftop pool, rooftop gym, right beside, like it, it was the stuff of dreams. It honestly was and sitting in my apartment I was miserable mm. and like that if you'd looked at my Instagram yeah. like you know when I set up my page and there was a follower messaged me and she was like I just love looking at your snaps like I'm living through you <laughs> it's like oh my god please no, really, because yeah. <laughs> you know and then it was like am I being fake am I you know like I posted them to kind of you know raise the energy and raised button, like oh you know but i just i think how your life feels compared to how it looks is just two totally different things and what you said it's scary or i think it's nearly a superpower how well you're able to hide it yeah. i was able to hide it so well to the point that when i did reach out for help it was kind of like this isn't you Mm. Like, that's what my best friend said. She was like, I've never seen you like this. This isn't you. And I was like, no, it is me. I've just been so good at hiding it for so long. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's scary how well you can hide it. it.
0: uh, You know, like, I suppose we're all wearing masks at the moment to protect ourselves. And it's kind of true when we start to feel bad, we put on that mask in order to try and protect ourselves because nobody sees it in us. Mm. We probably think we don't see it in ourselves and we're constantly mm-hmm. putting off dealing with it um, yeah so i often talk about um we're quite afraid to go into the belly of the beast so to go into like uh you know the areas that are gonna that are gonna come up when we start to go therapy or we start to talk yeah quite often the very most thing that we're you know most of. Mm. Want to do that you know and it's mm. I suppose how was it for you when you went into the belly of the beast when you started and you don't have to talk about anything you talked about but it's more or less I suppose was it as scary as you thought it was or
1: um I think it was more surprising what came up I think it was very like I couldn't believe how much my subconscious was like I couldn't believe what I was telling myself I couldn't believe, like, um, it was, it was hard, it's painful, and you have to feel it to heal it 100%, I'm such a big believer in feeling it heals it, Um, yeah, was it scary, I think when you get to the stage of desperate, you're like, I will do anything, you're like, yeah, let's do this, let's, you know, like, I want I I want to be on the other side of this and I know that it's going to be painful I know it's going to be awful but I think like therapists are the unsung heroes of the world because <laughs> they they're in the background they're not shouting from the rooftops I just saved a life and they they, they save lives every day
0: yeah. like
1: I think how they're able to help you process and work through, like, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's, yeah, it's really, really powerful.
0: I am, um, I, I, I speak openly about my grief as well. Um, my dad died when I was quite young, but it's a grief that I've pushed away for a very long time and only, like, I'm starting in 30 in March. I'm only now starting to actually go through that um but it's a scary process but actually the more that i start to delve into it and talk mm-hmm. about it and feel it the more content i feel with everything you know and the stronger mm-hmm. i feel so to me it's it's scary the money will go against us and we try to do these things that you know will bring about that potential hurt or that potential healing with things that we don't want to but it's so transformative when you start to do it because it's just you just these subtle changes in your thinking you know and mm-hmm. the questions a therapist asks that just actually make you think a different way yeah like why the fuck haven't i been thinking about this the whole time <laughs> yeah you know, that has profound effect and they're that's what i love most about you know therapy or you know coaching or talking to people yes. Those sort of tips that actually, you can mm-hmm. yeah, um, I love it. Um, talk to me about mindset coaching because I love it. Um, I obviously love it. But <laughs> <laughs> what I love about you know your story is the fact you know it's very similar to mine, but it's we've turned our pain into our purpose.
1: Yes, a hundred percent.
0: that we don't create our purpose; it finds us.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah about that and 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 where you're going with it and what you love about it and all things mindset yeah um I think like it's finding something that just totally lights you up mm. like I could eat breathe sleep mindset all day long I'm just so obsessed with yes. it and um, like I just feel now like the work I do it's not work I actually am so excited and you know it's so funny I, like I find it hard to move away from the desk because I'm just loving what I'm doing so much. Um, so I first got into coaching when so when I moved to Abu Dhabi um, it was t- it was very tough. I was in so I was hired as head of humanities and I was over a department and it was an Apple distinguished school. It was a very you know high achieving school and It just, the move, the expectations, the, just everything, it just completely overwhelmed me. And there was this coach that was working in our school and she was posting on Instagram and I messaged her and she's like, yeah, Claire, perfect, let's meet up. And we were meeting up anyways and I just loved everything we were doing. And she was like, oh my God, Claire, you love all of this. She was (laughs) like, you you know, she was like, you should be a coach. And I was like, no, geez, no, I, I just love, like I loved it for myself back then. But when I realized how you can actually, like, there's nothing special about me. I have the same brain as you do. It's just how our brains are wired differently. And it's the power of, you know, it's the power of, like what you were talking about there, the breakthrough moments, I live for them. So it's those moments where you can't go back to thinking the way you did before it. So like say in therapy, you have a moment, Like, one of my biggest moments, um, kind of a mix of therapy and reading books and self-love, but all of my problems came from low self-worth. And when I discovered that, like, it was like just fireworks of everything made sense. It was like, oh my God, that happened because I would low self-worth and that happened and that happened and that happened. And it was like, oh my God. And It's like you just get to a point where you want everyone to know what you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I got so sick of asking friends to read the same books <laughs> I was reading and they were just like, I'll never forget one of them was like, no, Claire, do you know I'm going to stay in my own lane? You know, I'll stick to the lane I'm in, thanks. Yeah. And I just, I think I was craving Like what you said there, it's so nice to connect with people who are as passionate about mindset and all things well-being and happiness, purpose, fulfillment as you are. I think like Instagram definitely gives me that, like connecting with coaches like you and having these chats. And then when you're with clients and, you know, you're asking them questions and it's not they think It's a question, and it's not the, you know, I just, the power of questions.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, insane. And letting them figure
0: it out for themselves. It's almost, just you know, what I also love about it is, is when I do with clients and, and work with clients, it's, yes, I ask questions, but it's also making them aware that they can ask them questions. Yep um and one of the questions that i tend to ask myself an awful lot is would you do this to a best friend would you say yeah and that has this instantaneous shift for me in my mind where mm-hmm. it's such a simple thing to ask and it begins the habit of you know when you go to i was a civil there over the last couple of weeks for spending too much time on tiktok and uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> down the rabbit hole of different things that just weren't bringing me anywhere. Like, you know, it was complete distraction. Um, instead of challenging myself and going, what is it that you're kind of trying to distract yourself from? Yes. What is it that you feeling, you know? And when you start to ask yourself that question, you kind of go, okay, now I know the answer. So, but you can change it. But it's very easy to get into that habit of, of just down the rabbit hole of, of distraction and, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. um, talk to me about what's the, the the greatest thing that you've learned through through coaching or through a journey that you would take with you forever? And I know there's many things, but, but is there one
1: thing, one nugget? That's such a powerful question, like what's well, your, <laughs> sum up your whole um, experience of it. Um, I suppose the biggest thing that stands out for me with coaching and everything is that the secret to living really is given. Mm-hmm. And I think like when I was stuck in depression and a really negative mindset, the world revolved around me. I was very self-centered, very selfish and, you know, for good reason, I had a lot of things that I wasn't dealing with. Mm-hmm. It's not because I was a bad person. I just had very bad coping strategies. Mm-hmm. And my coping strategies was overthinking, getting angry, you know, distract, avoid all those things. But I now realize that what was missing, I suppose, is like how much we crave connection. Mm -hmm. And I think like, you know, we're all here to love and be loved, as cheesy as that sounds. But I think like just there's no greater feeling than knowing that your life has had any even tiny impact on somebody else's. Like when you get a message on Instagram or even in a coaching session at the end, like it just they say that giving is actually really selfish because it does. It's like, you know, they're thanking you and you're like, oh, my God, I I got as much out of that coaching session. And I know that it is about them and it's about holding space for them. But it's just like the more you grow yourself, the more say you heal and you do in therapy, the more you grow, the more you can give. Yeah. and like there are two of my core values is growing and giving mm. and I just think like that's the biggest thing I'll take from this is like just being in service of others mm. it that's what gives your life real meaning and purpose and you don't need to be a mindset coach to do that like you know parents teachers any job is in service of others it's just finding meaning in that do you know what I mean? And then yeah. that kind of the connection that comes from that is just—it's so powerful.
0: Yeah. For me, then, like this is what this podcast is all about: perspectives. um mm. I noticed that I, i'm not so much in coaching, and not so much in in work, but in personal kind of relationships and stuff, I was giving an awful lot. No yeah. Where I actually forgot to give to myself. Yeah. Um, so there is that kind of fine line where I one of my massive values is giving, you know. But mm-hmm. when I work with clients and we're we're, we're talking about the values and kind of what we value most, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, everybody thinks that what our values are are what we can give to other people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: While that's true, and while I, I totally wholeheartedly would give and mm-hmm. give and give, give, I look at my values and I look at my core values and go, Have I given that to myself first? And mm-hmm. comes that same kind of ethos of have I filled my own cup first? Because I found when I was giving and giving and giving, it was almost giving with an expectation of feeling validation, feeling like I was enough. It was trying to fill that need underneath mm-hmm. everything, you know. So mm-hmm. it all led to an awful lot of resentment, you know. Why don't you see me? I'm not sure I did that for that person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost a negative. You know, impact that you're having on yourself, and when I started to fill my own first, yeah, first, then I was in more of a position and more of a power to give to other people, and I found that I was giving without expectation. Yes, giving because I wanted to, just you know, just doing something nice for someone because I wanted to, not because you know, build that underlying need. So, and I have no problem saying that, like I've often done that to be like, okay, maybe that will pull me out of this, you know, and we'll do something for someone else, but it comes back to that avoiding thing for me and that's that's probably my, I really, learning this year and last year that actually I need to give to myself first.
1: Yes. And then
0: everything else, you know, of course, you can give to people. Yeah no no no. that
1: sorry that that I can one million percent relate I think so I started my Instagram page a year ago and that's what I mean when I said what I when I was saying about um all of my problems were coming from low self-worth so when I started a year ago exactly what you said it was coming from a place of needing validation it was another goal it was another like I'll be good enough when I have a business I'll be good enough when I'm a successful coach yeah and like the more I read into books on it and stuff like that, like when you're needing something from somebody, it's such a turn off. Mm-hmm. And so, so many people are kind of needing that, you know, approval, validation, all of that. When you give from a place of overflow, yeah, it's just a game changer because you become a magnet. People are like, "How are you? How are you? You know? How are you overflowing?" Yes. Yeah. And it's that like Dalai Lama quote of. Who can you help if you're unhappy? Mm-hmm. And I've done exactly what you did. I burnt myself into the ground with like, I was full time teaching, I was mindset coaching in the evenings and weekends, and I totally ran myself into the ground. And it took me a while to come back to myself. But when you like, so now I take Sundays just completely off
0: Famous. no
1: social media, <laughs> no coaching, no work, no thoughts about work. I just, it's just a day for me and then I start the week like fresh and it's mm. just a total mindset reset but there's a huge shift when you go from giving out of the place of needing to mm. giving out of like oh my it's just overflowing it's like yeah it's it was, amazing it one of the most powerful things for me it, it's hard to sit with that um with mm. that. have I been given with
0: all this expectation so long it's hard to admit mm.
1: that yes
0: when you can just sit with it and accept it and mm-hmm. not be too hard on yourself for it and discover what the need is underneath then mm-hmm. you can start to give to yourself because mm-hmm. you know i've always believed that we have all the answers within ourselves
1: 100 percent, yeah
0: it's about you know i'm doing a lot of i suppose inner child work and mm-hmm. it's fascinating at the moment you know um but it's 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 an incredible thing to to re yourself because mm-hmm. um, we're all individual people and we all have different needs um when it comes to feeling loved or feeling seen or feeling validated all those kind of things and you know there's no fault to our parents or anybody who yeah. in our lives I, I I've done a, a thing called Herlinger. I don't know if you've ever heard of it no uh, family constellation so it's this two-day workshop and it basically goes through different family systems. So say, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, I could have gone and said, um, you know, oh, well, I always do not And mm-hmm. what happens in that situation is that you actually put up your, your family system and you pick people from mm-hmm. um, there's about twenty or thirty other people at the workshop and you pick, you know, this person to be your father and this person to be your mother and this person Yes to be, and this person Is This yourself. all um John oh. Radcliffe? which um I don't know it's, it's just this group down in Cork yeah. that I got introduced to and I got yes. so um and then COVID happened so I haven't really yeah. I, did, I did one and it was immensely powerful but so you, powerful you, see, you know you get to see family systems so in, in other words like for instance I could say you know my mother give me enough love like that's not case, but I'm only just using that like as an example but you get to see then actually okay well go back in generations and see what kind mm-hmm. of love is in generations and mm-hmm. you quite quickly see that our parents only give us the love that they've received the yes. things that they've been taught so when i talk about reparenting yourself it comes down to actually giving yourself the love that you needed when you were younger so that, yes. you that needs now um, and it's really powerful
1: it's so powerful like we all carry a wounded inner child around with us and as you said it's through no fault of our parents it's kind of like it's that I don't know if you've covered it with generational trauma like just passing on what came from the generation before them and I think like a really powerful mindset shift what you talk about there is when you're able to separate a person from their behavior that is huge mm-hmm. and when you're able to separate you know I can't believe she did x y z mm-hmm. and you ask I wonder why she yeah. did x y and z like that is just so empowering because you go from the judge to you know being curious and compassionate like why would someone behave like that why would someone hurt me like that mm-hmm. you know it, 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 it's like and then you're taking back your power you're taking back like okay that happened to me but you know it's not my fault that happened to me but the healing is my responsibility and when you heal that inner child I've done that Mm. in therapy and I've read books on it John Bradshaw he's the the father of inner child healing he's amazing but it's so powerful it's like a game changer it really is
0: and it's, it's 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 almost like what you said there you know hurt people hurt you know they, yes. you know it's it's and when we talk about doing inner work or when we talk about healing we actually in turn make the world a better place and i know that's not fancy cheesy but it comes to it's with more happy people walking around the place and more content people you know mm-hmm. people do amazing things happy people mm-hmm. cause more happiness so it's yeah it's if we want to change the world we start with changing ourselves you know um sounds
1: very cheesy now no i love it yeah yeah um it's the ripple effect isn't it it's like you know like when you work on yourself the amount of people you affect both directly and indirectly is just it's so powerful
0: Mm. and talk to me about i suppose one of the things that you might see come up often in mindset coaching, mm-hmm. um, not to delve into, you know, what your client's experience, but is there a, a common denominator that you see in, in people who, you know, there's a common thread there? Um, and what I mean by that is I find most times when someone's sitting in front of you, it's we forget to look at ourselves inwardly. Mm-hmm. Um, we forget to give for ourselves. Life is immensely mm-hmm. Um, we let the relationship that we have with ourselves go and that's what yeah. I see an awful lot so an awful lot, lot of what I see is is let's go back to being our own best friend you know yes start being that person for ourselves would you experience something similar?
1: yeah so I suppose the most common theme I find in mindset coaching is that the problem is never the problem mm. and I love that yeah because they're there you know to fix this x y and z and it's usually like when you get to the core of it like what you said earlier about like when you get to the need Mm. do you know what I mean like so maybe a client might come and you know I really want to find someone I want to get in a relationship I know I'm holding myself back I always attract the wrong people I always and like a really powerful exercise mindset coaching is We spend so much of our time focused on what we're not getting and what we don't want. Like, you know, if I asked a client, you know, what don't you want? They're able to list it off so easily. But, you know, an exercise I would do is say, like, I want you to imagine a perfect weekend that you spend together with this partner. And like to get them, they're like, oh, I never thought of that. If you're always thinking about what you don't want and what you're not getting, that's exactly what you will keep getting. And yeah. when you get them to, like the problem is never the problem. It's, and And then you have to work on the like, you know, what's behind that, the low self-worth. And, you know, like I think, we think that the outside is easy to fix. It's kind of like, yeah, I just need to find a partner. Just give me, you know, some dating tips or, you know, some relationship advice. And it's not, it's like, yeah i don't think we spend enough time focusing on like how many people sit down and like what do i really want what does the perfect relationship look like what does my dream job look like like we need to be asking ourselves better questions You know, like you wake up and you're like, why am I so tired? Your brain will answer that and your brain, oh, you're so tired because work's so stressful and you're this and you're this and you're this. And then you're going to work. Oh, why is work so stressful? Work is so stressful because you've this, you've this, you've this, you've this. Like imagine going in and asking, why do I love this job so much? Yeah, Yeah, Like it's, you know, and I think that's what's so powerful about mindset coaching because, we're not taught that in formal education. Mm. And like, I just, honestly, I do it for free if I could. Like, I just want everyone to, yeah, and yes. I'm sure you experience this in your mindset coaching when you have those like breakthroughs of, you know, you're like, yeah, no, it is. It's it's that easy. You yeah. just rewire your brain differently. Mm. And it, it
0: comes with, with self-talk and you mentioned something there about these subtle changes that we can take. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I when it came to exercising or, or even eating right, um, quite often, it's very, very easy to slip to, I'll just have the bar of chocolate, or, oh, I'll just have a can of Coke, and oh, I'll just do this, and I'll start tomorrow. The mind loves that. Like, it loves yeah. the effort of, of just picking something easy. But one of the greatest things that I started saying to myself was, I'd always tell myself, oh, I have to eat healthy, and I have to do this, and I could be out running, and I could be doing this. And instead of saying, I don't have to, I I just, the simple shift to I have to, to I get that, instead of saying, I don't have like, oh, I have to go for a run, just switch it to I get that. And the energy that you can actually feel already is it's so transformative because you actually go into the, There's so many people who don't get to actually go for a run. There's so many people who don't Mm -hmm. use their legs. -hmm. I get to use my legs and I get to use them for the purpose of making myself healthy. Yeah. Got some changes in in how we talk to ourselves or what we say on a daily basis that have massive effect. Mm-hmm. But what I often find is people think mindset and, and rewiring our mindset is quite overwhelming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So overwhelming that they just don't do it because mm-hmm. it's too too overwhelming, There's too much change. I don't like. And the brain hates change anyway. But mm-hmm. it's actually quite simple. Have you discovered that or like it's.
1: yeah Yeah, definitely it's I had there my Instagram for a while in the stories I was saying don't feel like it do it anyways Mm. because the mind is a terrible master but it's a brilliant servant yeah so if your mind is running the show I don't feel like it so what's the point I'll do it tomorrow all of that like you have got to get into the habit of I don't feel like it but i'm going to do it anyway because and motivation is a total myth because it's never there when you need it it's about developing self-discipline and that comes from like your motivation is your motive what's your motive and if you think like eating crap and not exercising like well what is your motive for eating healthy and exercising my motive is i want to feel better i want to have more energy i want to do more with my day and when you, you know, when you take your mind off the excuses and why it's so easy to just <laughs> not, and it's so comfortable and it's so lovely to just not go outside when it's snowing and it's raining and it's freezing. <laughs> and you remind yourself, like what you said, you're literally creating energy mm-hmm. and that's the energy that you need to just push. The gear on get to the door like sometimes I'll trick my brain I'll say look I'll just put my gear on and I'll see how I feel and I'll just go to the door I'll just look I'll just do a five minute run and I'll see how I feel and then I'm like out and I'm buzzing <laughs> and
0: I'm like, do you know it's like I um, never forget like I did that crazy run last year but there was one particular day um in Donegal and oh, I spent maybe four or five days previous running into headwinds and it was just not- I was at at the end of my tether, like, I just had enough, right, of the wind and the rain. Um, And it would never be at my back, it would always be just... Um, Anyway, this particular day I stopped, um, and was just regrouping and getting a cup of tea or a drink of water, and I literally sat in the van and I cried, and I I locked the side of the door, and said, I'm not fucking getting out, I'm not doing this, like, I just, (laughs) had I give up, (laughs) like, no one's ever going to know, (laughs) you (laughs) know. I literally had... Like, you know, Paula, my wife, we, we the two of us, like, he really, like, caught me out of it. Because, look, said our hotel where we were staying, at our the BNB, we had to go maybe 10 kilometers this way. We could have gone eight kilometers this way to the hotel. So we'll just run to the hotel, right? I was getting out of the car, crying, on the road to start running, right? And all within 30 seconds, I rang Paul. I said, "I'm fine. I get to Grange. This is fine." <laughs> and she's like, "What?" I'm literally fine. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I'll cycle up to anyway, just in case." And i prepared parked at the turn to go down to wherever. And I was like, "No, oh, we we'll get to Grange. It's fine." And it was, it was the most like bizarre thing I've ever experienced. But it was that we can get so trapped in what the mind is telling us to do. They like the van is comfortable. The heating is on. We had. Like everything about that being in the van was perfect, and it took all of my energy to get outside. But the second I was outside, and the second I ran, I was like, "No, oh, this is fine, And it it floored me as to how transformative it was, you know. Yes, yeah. and that's
1: you being like a master of your mind. That's mm-hmm. you being able to override like I posted about this before that your brain's job is not to keep you happy. Your brain's job is survival. And, you know, I say like negativity is not your fault. It's your default. Mm. So that was your brain going into geez, Kira, you know, you could die here. This is, you know, and like catastrophizing and kind of like, gee, Kira, no, that's it. You've really pushed yourself. Now you've gone the distance, you know, pat on the back, you know, you just need to relax out because your brain's job is survival. And it's going to give you those survival thoughts of lie on the sofa, be very gentle to yourself, be very nice. Like you have to be in the creator of your own happiness. And that comes with paying attention to those thoughts that come up and even like really negative self-talk, like the ants, the automatic negative thoughts of, oh my god nobody cares about me and you know what am i doing i'm i'm not as far on in life as i thought i'd be like you have got to separate yourself from your thoughts like what you did sitting in that van Mm. right i'm thinking all this but i'm going to go anyways like fair bloody play to you kira my god I i just
0: learned so much about the act of of doing so getting out of like it's so ironic that as a mindset coach I'm always like yeah just stop thinking and get out just start doing you know it's almost like it seems counterintuitive to actually say something like that to someone but it's the mind will constantly if it feels anything that's uncertain anything that causes pain anything that causes discomfort it will actively work against us to keep us in that position you know so it's First of all, knowing that. I think a lot of people actually don't know that.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: When they learn that it's like, oh, all right, okay. But it's going back to that place of, of believing that you're worth it. So when it comes to even exercising, you have to have that fundamental belief back up actually to do that doing part. So let's say you committed to yourself to, to run kilometers today, you know, and it rains the second you go to step outside the door the mind will actively work against you to keep you safe yeah. and it's very easy to fall back into I'll just sit in the couch with the fires on. um but it's making that commitment to yourself and I think one of the greatest things we can do for ourselves and to build up confidence to build a relationship with ourselves is to make one small commitment to do yeah something, you know that brings us to a better place whether it's feeling more content or feeling more confident or whatever it is that one percent better but it's Stick into that commitment because Mm -hmm. when you do that over time, that ends up to be something really magical. Like, oh, I always say our our choices create our future. Like, if you want to, you know, um, design a future that you really, really love, then it's the choices you make on a daily basis and go up for yourself that matters. Yeah,
1: I love that. And it's the compound effect, Mm. it's the like baby steps to success like say you know 10 minutes of reading every day that's not that hard but when that compounds over a year or whatever it is and I use the mantra action alleviates anxiety so we sit and we try and think ourselves out of a bad mood you know like oh I'm so I you know but when you get up and you take action even the first five minutes it like you cannot think yourself out of a negative state You have got to get up and move. It's like the water analogy. If you think of water in a pool Mm. and where it's it's stagnant and it actually becomes poisonous, it becomes full of algae because it's not moving. And you think of like free flowing water in a river or a beautiful waterfall, it's clean and clear. And if you think our bodies are made up of 75% of water, what is it doing to us when we're sitting all day and, you know, I, it's so easy to not exercise. It's so easy to not. And especially now, you know, we're in another lockdown and it is really, really tough. But when you're not moving and you're stagnant, mm-hmm. you're literally, you, you know, you're just, you, you go into kind of a spiral of ruminating and kind of like, it's, it, you just become so negative. And I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking yeah, from so- my dumbness
0: you start to believe the thoughts Mm -hmm. that you're having so like I often you know similar to the quote that you just said there my mine is just you know I'm not my thoughts I'm what I do so like it's just it's 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 who are you when you're doing stuff that's that's exactly who you are Mm -hmm. you know and you know I did Just, just people come and go into client sessions and stuff and they lack confidence and I'm like okay well what do you do um Mm -hmm. it could be the simple case of you know I did this presentation even though I was scared I was like Okay, well, instead of focusing focus on, on all of what your mind told you to believe about yourself, that you weren't good enough, that there was no point standing up there, that all this kind of stuff, no one's going to listen to you. Think of the fact that you could fill up, regardless of how you felt and did that presentation. Think of mm-hmm. how, how courageous that is. That's who you are. Yes. That, to me, has been, for my own journey, has been really powerful, but it's, it, it helps people to just separate themselves from their thoughts I have um, a different name for my negative mindset, you know. Oh, I love it! Yeah, the Avatar <laughs> Negative yes. Nora. Like poor Nora. I don't know. I don't know. I only know one Nora, and she's a really lovely lady. And uh, <laughs> I feel so bad, but it just it came to mind. But it has really helped me transform, gain control over that because I picture when a negative thought comes in, I picture Nora as an actual person sitting down beside me, mm-hmm. saying those things to me, and it helps me flip back to actually I have a best friend here at this side of me who's supporting me I need to listen to them
1: more you know um, that that's awesome. yeah that's a really powerful exercise and we do that in coaching as well where you create an avatar so like say my ego is I call him Eddie Murphy yes. and I just like when he's coming in I picture it in a really funny comedy voice yeah because it's so ridiculous like yeah. this, when you you know when you think when you observe the thoughts Mm -hmm. you're like, that makes no sense. Like nobody is thinking that, nobody is saying that. So I call it Eddie, Eddie, the ego. But, um, and it is, it's really powerful because it helps us separate from that. And I think as well, like, it's so easy to always focus on, you know, I was reading this the other day where we have this version of ourselves in the future Mm -hmm. or say this ideal version of ourselves and we're always comparing ourselves upwards rather than who were you 10 years ago who were you five years ago we never stopped to go oh and it's because that's the way our brain works our brain is always looking for what we're not doing and what we're not yeah. as opposed to like when i look at you know the person that came home from melbourne 10 years ago if you told her that she would be a mindset yeah. coach <laughs> 10 years later, like, and when I let myself go there, and when I let myself think of how far I've come, I actually become really emotional. And you know, I, I nearly feel sorry for the, the person that I was back then, but you know, you could compare yourself to the ideal version of yourself and how far you are away from that, or, you can start comparing like, well, who were you last week, last month, last, and that's where confidence comes from. Confidence comes from knowing, liking and trusting yourself. And you know what you were saying about small daily promises. Like for me, I fell out of exercise for six weeks and getting back into it. I just did 10 minutes a day and it wasn't the exercise that boosted my confidence. It was, I did it. That, yeah. That's all it was. It was, I put the gear on, I didn't feel like it, but I walked for 10 minutes. Mm. Like that just boosted my, like, oh my, maybe I can get back into running. Yeah. And slowly I'm back now running five and 6K. And mm. like, you have to make small promises to yourself, like tiny, 10 minutes, five minutes mm. and keep them. And yes. that's where your confidence... I think we outsource our confidence. And I definitely did this when I started Instagram. Oh, you know, when I've X followers, then I'll start doing stories. Yes. You know, or like, oh, when I get X likes or X, you know, yes. then I really know I have a good Instagram page. Like, no, we totally outsource our confidence. And yes. it's something that comes from, completely comes from within, like. Mm. It's like, that kind of saying that other people... What is it? Other people liking you is just a bonus. Liking yeah. yourself is the real prize. And it's it's so true. Like your world just when you when you master your mindset, the outside just it it just falls into place. It's mad. It's
0: uh it's incredible. And I'm gonna leave that there because that was like a <laughs> like moment for you. Which is stop. Thank you so much for, for sharing and for being on this podcast because it is called the inside out for a reason because it's to bring around positive change to how we feel about ourselves and to start with, with it um, and your story and, and the value that we've had in this conversation will help so many people so thank
1: you, thank you, thank um, you Thanks so much for having me Kira, and for providing this platform for people to grow like that's what it's all about it's yeah, secret to living definitely is given <laughs> so, yeah
0: um, it's, Thank you so much, thank you Thanks Kira. Ci-